Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. right center field and the ball game is over oh well guys um i guess it was bound to happen that we were gonna have a late night red talk that one was now late late night red talk and couldn't have gone worse um so tim dando here with nick kirby as always and nick um what the hell just happened i don't know (laughs) um we have you know Tyler Malley pitched a fantastic game, just awesome game where he is just terrific. And then from there, it just gets bad. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. TJ Anton pitched really well in the bullpen. Um, but regardless, they play, they lose two games today to the Arizona Diamondbacks after yesterday's game got re- uh, re- got pushed back. There was a game and a half in the standings in one day. Not ideal. And uh, the bullpen brings up a lot of question marks and concerns. Yeah, um, you know, certainly not the the four or five hours, however long today was, that, that, that you wanted. Um, tonight's game, you know, losing a game of 3 nothing in the ninth, I mean, that's, you know, kind of like the game on Saturday where the Reds just completely stole one from the Indians. Mm-hmm. The Diamondbacks stole one from you tonight. I mean, you know, it's baseball, it happens. Um, certainly a lot of concern with, with Amir Garrett, um, um, we'll get into that and that decision by Bell a little bit more, but um, you know a lot of concern there. Um, I don't know if I have as much concern about the bullpen as a whole, especially with Anton and Sims in it right now. Um, but yeah, definitely some concern. You know, you're going to have these kind of games. Um, you know, 162 game baseball season. Thank God it's not 60 games. Um, you know where where <laughs> where this loss yeah. is just magnified. Um, any good chance to come back out tomorrow. Um, and then the Reds are going to have a really, really difficult schedule um, after tomorrow. So tomorrow's a really, you know, pretty big game for the Reds to um, at least at least salvage a series and then, um, um, you know, go play the, the Cubs and Dodgers and a really brutal schedule coming up. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's one thing, like you said, it's baseball, things happen. Uh, losing four of the five games you played so far to Arizona, who is um, – not very good. And then not to mention you have Josh Van Meter who friggin' like keeps them alive and went and like gets them like, get takes them the extras and it's like just unreal. Not to mention like the Mark Payton base running blunder where that was just maddening. So there's a there's a lot of frustration from this one. Um like you said, yes. 
It's only game 17 of the year. I saw someone tweeted earlier. I think someone who like worked for like a Cincinnati news station. They're like, well, they're in second place with the Pirates coming up on them. Remember tonight, I'm like, guys, the Pirates still suck. Like, it's not like the Pirates got really good overnight. So I'm not necessarily losing sleep over the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, man, like, um, also Barry Larkin tonight being like, I, you know, House made the right move in sending Peyton. I'm like, well, you know, the, he saw him stop. It wasn't like he was, like, going full blast and got beat by, like, you know, a step. So that was, oof, not good TV for Barry Larkin tonight. <laughs> I was honestly so fr- – they're, like, showing it right now on the replay over and over again. Um, uh, someone pointed out to me – I didn't really even – I wasn't really even thinking about it. Someone pointed out to me that Peyton was making sure that ball was dropped because he didn't want to get doubled up, you know, trying to get back to second base or get stuck With two outs. A, a pickle, Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't look at that that close. I'm not sure I really care. I mean, the Reds had already blown a 3 nothing lead. Um, regardless, you can't send him there. I mean, that, that was that was a really bad send, especially after, you know, he had a really bad game on Saturday, too. Um, um, but, yeah, just yeah, just a lot of things go wrong. Hey, positive, positive spin on things. If the playoffs started today, the Reds would still be in the playoffs. They would be the there second wild card. They'd be the second wild card team. They would be playing against the San Francisco Giants, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that won't hold. But um, but yeah, I mean, tough weekend. Especially, you know, it wouldn't be as as tough of a, a two days if the Brewers didn't just go sweep the right. Padres and and look like um, just this incredible pitching staff that they, they're just they're clicking on all cylinders right now with their their rotation. Um, I think that could, that that to me them them sweeping is almost as maybe worse than than the Reds, you know, dropping two games just because you know it's just a, you know two straight games you know going going the opposite direction and all of a sudden you know you had a nice little lead in the standings or you know we felt comfortable for day after day after day in first place and all of a sudden you look up and you're a game and a half half back out of nowhere. Um, but when tomorrow Brewers are off, you'll be back within a game and you know there's a lot of games left. <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would definitely, if, if you told me, you know, even April 1st, that I'd be confident in a getaway game with Jeff Hoffman on the mound, I'd been like, you're crazy. <laughs> but I'm confident with Jeff Hoffman on the mound tomorrow. I don't know, you know, I've been to his two home starts so far. Those are uh, two of the three games I've attended. He's obviously looked really good in both those games. He uh, helped him with the stick on Friday. You know, that was nice to see. Um, so, yes, you, you, we said positive reinforcements. We're going to do our best through the frustration of tonight. Um, to kind of err on err on the side of positivity, um, I feel good about what we've seen from Jeff Hoffman so far. So um, I don't have any. I don't, you know. And look, if for some reason they get swept to the Diamondbacks, yes, it's frustrating, but you know, it's not the end of the season by any means. Like like Nick said, tomorrow's the 18th game of the year. So everyone who's already ready to give up on any heinous wars after 60 at bats and Amir Garrett after you know not even six innings and all this stuff, it's just, you know, you can't be excited about Tucker Barnhart's start with his limited at-bats and then be upset about Eugenio Suarez with his limited at-bats. It's just not how it works this early in the year. Yeah, the Reds have the fourth-best run differential in baseball right now. Um, so, it's you know, it's one of those things, a bad series, you're going to have have these bad series. You're going to have series like the Indians where you probably shouldn't have won that series and you somehow do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you hope... At the end of the year, you have more of those things go right than 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 others. But hey, the Reds they they you know got some cachet early in the year from from taking care of business against the Pirates. 
um, a Pirates team that has played really well. They've won six of their last ten. Um, mm-hmm. um, so they're not, you know, just a team that, that loses every night. Um, so, you know, hey, they've, they've stacked up some stuff, and hopefully they can get a win tomorrow, and then they're going to have some tough competition. But at least um, I feel really good about the rotation right now. Yeah, I um, do um, You know, so at least you're going into these series with – we got we got the Cubs and we got the Dodgers. At least you're going in. I feel really good about the rotation. Um, Sonny Gray's back. Um, looked pretty pretty sharp in his his first start. Um, Tyler Malley tonight pitched outstanding. He was great. Um, has just been outstanding in all four starts this year. Um, looks like he's really you know. You know, last year he really took a big step, but it was a short season. It's starting to, to I think, justify more that big step of last year, that it wasn't just kind of that, that, that small sample fluke. Um, um, he, he looks really, really good. And then Luis Castillo has not been as bad as as uh, as some of his numbers, you know, you know right. might indicate. Um, Luis Castillo is, is going to be a good pitcher. Um, he has an ERA over four in his career in April, um, so this isn't you know, something um, unexpected. And his first year with the Reds, he didn't even pitch in April. So it's not like he had like a really bad first year. Like, he, you know, that's that's pretty normal for him. Um, so, um, and then, yeah, Jeff Hoffman's been been pretty solid. Um, um, Wade Miley has been yeah. outstanding to this point. So um, yeah, you have a pretty good rotation. You have, um, you know, two, two guys in the bullpen I think we all feel really good about in TJ Antone and um, Lucas Simpson. Uh, and I know we, we talked a lot about Antone last week and, you know, going to the rotation. I mean, I don't like keeping a guy in the bullpen out of desperation. I don't feel like that's a, the, that's a great strategy, but at the same time, um, you know, you put him in the in the rotation, um, man, your bullpen really, really is, is Lucas Simpson. Yeah, the and Lucas Sims. I mean, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I know, they, I know they have some other guys that have some talent that have pitched decent. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe that was kind of the Reds' thinking. It's kind of making a little more sense. Hey, we might really have to have TJ Antone in the bullpen um, at least for a while, just to um, um, you know have us not 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 cost as many games. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad at TJ Anson for that home run last night because that was a rocket. That dude, like, you know, what did they say? They left the bat at like 110 miles an hour, I think it was. So, and that happens. It's baseball. Like, we, like I guess that's the theme of this. Uh, so, I did tell you uh, when I was texting you earlier, I did a little bit of a compare and contrast so far this year for Tyler Malley and one former Cy Young winner of the Cincinnati Reds, Trevor Bauer. And I figured you, of all people, would definitely appreciate these stats. Uh, so I'm just here. Well, anyway, what's up to Chad Dotson joining us here in the room? Chad, the legend. Joining? Yeah. We also got Matt and Kyle in here. Matt, Kyle, Chad, if anyone wants to talk, speak, questions, let us know. We're happy to have you join us and talk and uh, answer some things with us. Um, so let me see if I can get these pulled up real quick. All right. Here it is. Tyler Malley so far this season, 1.74 ERA, 0.87 whip, 31 strikeouts, an opponent batting average of 131. And against lefties, opponent batting average of 040. Trevor Bauer this year, a 242 ERA with a 6.615 whip, 36 strikeouts, a 114 opponent batting average, and a 0.100 left hand against opponent left handed batting. So, you know, obviously I'm not saying Malay is better than Trevor Bauer, 
but this is just our theme we've made that we've been kind of talking about. Everyone's like, you know, the Reds fans out there were like, well, they lost Bauer, this, this, and this. And Nick and I have been saying, like, you know, we said there was two guys that they had that could do just Cables being as good as Bowers on a nightly basis. And right now we're seeing three. So, you know, I know Castillo hasn't been there just yet, but we've seen this in the past. And like you said, Sonny Gray looks solid in his first start for being his first major league game. So, you know, that top three right now, that's something to be excited about for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the rotation is at all going to be a a problem with this team, especially in the division that they play in. Um, right. Um, this division is not a good division for offense. I mean, this is one of the worst div- divisions I think offensively in, in baseball. Um, so yeah, I think the Reds' rotation uh, that that's by far the least of my worries. Um, um, I think criticism of the Reds not signing Bauer. I feel like that's kind of a, a reach, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, now them not now them not getting a, a legit major league shortstop. You know, we saw another, you know, misplayed ball by by Suarez tonight. Um, I mean, and it just hasn't been Suarez. Um, the entire infield defense has really been bad. Um, um, India, after looking, you know, really confident and, and great the first week, has uh, looked like a rookie. You know, so no 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 fault of his own. Um, but but he's you know looked like a rookie and, and the the infield defense has, has really been shaky and then um, yeah I mean the Reds you know basically giving away Rysel Iglesias and, and non tendering Archie Bradley um, um, you know those are the those are the moves that I, that sting to me more than than Bauer because the Reds were never Agreed. signing Bauer the Reds were never signing Bauer so it, it's it's honestly just a weird thing to even talk about at this point yeah I agree my point was you know. He's getting the, the contract he got, obviously, to be in L.A., and Tyler Malley is putting a very similar stat line here, on, on, you know, still in the still with uh, tons of years of ownership for the rest front office. So, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. One, right, interesting, one interesting thing is um, Tyler Malley and Luis Castillo are actually free agents at the same time. Does that seem nor- right? It doesn't seem right, does it? No. Yeah, um, just because I guess the way they were called up and the way their service time and, and everyone went, um, they are both free agents after the 2023 season. So the Reds have this year, next, and then one more year. Um, and they're, they are both free agents at the same time. So that's, I just thought that was kind of interesting. It didn't feel that way. Oh, boy, I can already read the headlines in 2023. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be fun. All right, man. So let's kind of go through real quick. We'll talk about some of the topics we had listed for tonight because we just had to get that stink out of our, you know, of the of this this game tonight. Um, I know we kind of talked a little bit more about the last week, like we already talked about a little bit. Um, no one's going to be upset at the Reds for losing to Shane Bieber when he is just incredible right now. It just happens. Um, they scored three so, runs off them. Yeah, they did. And, you know, Naquin had a, had a bomb against them, and I thought they looked pretty good. And just Bieber was Bieber, 13 Ks, you know. The reason he won a Cy Young last year. Um, so no one's going to fault him there. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, that game Saturday. So I was in the process of getting my engagement pictures on Saturday, and I was in Smale Park, so like right outside the ballpark. So all I could hear is like crowd reaction and what's going on. So I'm like, I knew they were down 2 nothing. I knew like, uh, and, like, so like kind of seeing them like, make the comeback more and more. I'm sorry, 2-1, because um, I forgot about the Barnhart homer. And I just kind of, like, could see, like, hear everything going on. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Have you ever been that close to a ballpark where there's crowd screaming and you have no reaction? It's pretty it's pretty stressful. Yeah, I went to um, I went to one opening day and stood outside a long, long time ago. And it's, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty weird. Um, 
Uh, one just uh, weird quick story about that. Um, actually, uh, people who don't know, I, I live in the Cleveland area. And uh, back in 2019, I came down for a weekend. Um, and I had tickets to go to the Saturday game. Well, my, my mom wanted to do like a special thing with the family. So Friday night, she, she did like a, a riverboat cruise where it just like you just go right up and down the, the riverboat river, um, the Ohio River, and you have dinner. It's a nice little thing. Um, and so we did that on Friday night. And Friday night was Nick Senzel's debut. Um, so I was on oh, a riverboat game. looking at GABP for Nick Senzel's uh, debut. And uh, literally, like, you know, I'm not, not in Cincinnati very often. It's that close, but not there. That was pretty brutal. <laughs> That did. Yeah, I was at that game that night. I uh, I remember them losing in the next shows. Yeah, it didn't turn out to be a great game, so I guess I probably saved some <laughs> some, some heart some heartache. But yeah, so Kyle, I see your question there is: Is there any chance the Dolo is coming up this season? Uh, if I remember correctly, when you, my Jeff Carr, and Carlos did our predictions for this year, <laughs> we both said that, we all said that there was a, we we believed he would be up at some point this year. Um. The, you know, I don't, but the chance, the question right now is like, are you going to throw him in the bullpen? Like, is that, you know, the way this, the rotation's going right now, I don't, I don't know like where he necessarily fits at this moment, but it's early. Things can shake itself out and we got to see how he's going to do it. I think he's starting the year in Chattanooga. So, you know, we got to really kind of see how everything shakes out before we go that crazy. But Kyle, I will say there is definitely a chance. I am just not a betting man that's smart enough to put a percentage on that chance. Yeah, I mean, if it is, it's going to be later in the year. It's not going to be, um, you know, they're calling him up in the next month. I mean, I, I guess unless the just there was a, a dec- team was decimated with, with starting pitching injuries. Um, but at that point, if you're calling him up, your prospects of, of doing well in 2021 probably aren't great. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's kind of talk about the Castellanos ruling for a minute. I know we've been talking about it for a couple weeks. But, you know, we saw the appeal. You and I kind of talked about this. We both believed it will be, you know, just a one game and that they would shorten it. And obviously, they're getting both games. He'll be back for Thursday uh, by the looks of things. And we also were kind of shocked at the, how long the process necessarily took for this. The fact that it was what? The suspension was announced the Monday of the Pirate Series on the 5th. And we just got there rolling uh, on the 19th or the 20th. So, pretty unbelievable of a process that, you know, we've all seen the pictures of Yachty grabbing his neck. We've seen all the Castellanos family on Twitter. Shout outs to them for being awesome. I've really loved seeing all their reactions and their frustrations with this. Um, but, you know, we can move forward because tomorrow he should be in the lineup in Arizona in the final Arizona game. But yeah, still the consistency of major league baseball's excellent ruling of suspensions continues. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just it's compounded by last night when you see you know Lucas Sims out on the field pitching in a torrential right. downpour, and the reason Nick Castellanos was suspended was because the MLB hid behind the health and safety protocols, and and then you're watching that, um, um, and, and I know anyone who's on Twitter has seen all this stuff, so forgive me, but you know for those who, who maybe don't follow us close that are are listening in, um. You know, the, the Padres and Dodgers, they had a, a benches clearing incident. You know, there was a punch or something, but they had their entire teams were out on the field together. No one got suspended from that. So there's just, there's no consistency with that. And, and, um, 
I, I don't know. It just it's one of the most bizarre suspensions. I don't really think it costs the Reds all that much. I think Cassianos could have used a day off. Um, probably not two. Um, um, but I don't think his. You know, the Reds still scored several runs, and you know they scored what five today, and they scored four yesterday. Um, yeah, so, I mean they still scored. They still scored some runs without him in there. I don't think it really. You know, necessarily cost you the game. It's just more the the, the principle. Just kind of like everything that, that that could have gone gone wrong against the Reds in the last like two days has gone wrong against the Reds, and you'll have that in a baseball season. So um, hopefully something goes their way uh, next week. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I just want to you know, make sure we touch on that. And obviously now we know Moose is out for a little bit. Um, you know, talk, you talk like you said that just adds to the everything that's going wrong could go wrong. And seeing him like yeah, with, scratched and yeah, with, with with Moose being out, um, you know, obviously with 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 Cassianos being suspended, I mean, you know, you you really didn't have to like move around your 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 field at all because you know you you could still have Naquin and Sinzel in the lineup. Um, but I know I've been clamoring about it, you know, since before opening day, since since last year. Um, but I think the Reds have to play Nixon Zell at third base, whether they want to or not. Um, doesn't sound like Moustakas is going to be back in a couple days. Sounds like it's going to, you know, be a little while. Um, I think he should be playing, you know, third base and Naquin should be playing, um, center field, at least against right-handed pitching. Um, you know, there's just, there's no reason to have one of Naquin or Senzel on the bench and Kyle Farmer in the lineup. There's just, there's no reason for right. that. Um, and, and when you're down a, a key bat in your lineup, Stockers was hitting really, really well. Um, yeah. you can't, you can't afford any, any wasted spots. And I know Kyle Farmer has done, has done admirable, but he's still Kyle Farmer. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I hope the Reds are going to get creative with that, um, and, and make sure they're putting their best lineup on the field and, and not being, you know, stubborn in that regard. Cause I think they, they really need to do that. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I'm, you know, I'm all for the. If we're gonna do the experiment of Suarez playing shortstop, then yeah. like, let's just let's just throw it around. Let's just give everyone yeah. a shot at every you know at every other position that we can. There's no so. way Sinzel playing third base, the position he was drafted from out of college, the position that he was considered a great defensive player when he was drafted. There's no way that could be anywhere worse than than uh, Suarez at shortstop. So yeah, you can't you can't hide behind the defense and. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Senzel did play an inning at third base on Saturday. I know it wasn't an emergency situation, um, or it was after the comeback, and the, you know, Bill, I think, had done some double switches or whatever, but um, he did play him there, so he, it's still possible. Um, so, yeah, I hope they do that. I hope, hope maybe we see that tomorrow. Um, although I suggest, I, I suspect there might be an off day for someone else where they don't need to do that tomorrow, but. Um, we start getting into these Cubs and, and Dodgers series, you know, um, um, especially the Dodgers. You need a good lineup on the field. Um, and, and I think, you know, having Sinzel and Naquin is your, your best lineup. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with you there. Um, like I said, anyone who's in the chat, any questions, anyone want to jump in the chat, it's in the invite to speak. We'd love to have you on and get your thoughts on things by any means. Um, but let's kind of go through real quick. We're going to talk about our levels of concern for some of the performances we've seen so far this year, taking into account that it is only a 17 games. Uh, we've only played 17 games so far, and we have plenty of this marathon to go, of course, but just kind of get our thoughts on 
what we've seen from some players so far. And obviously the first one you see everyone panicking on is uh, Amir Garrett. Um, you know, he's thrown six, what, five and a third, I think he's thrown this year, innings-wise. And yeah. it's been obvious the, you know, the pitching's not there. You know, he's not hitting his spots. He's giving up runs. Obviously, he gave up the three and homer to Josh Van Meter, of all people, tonight. Wow. Um, but <laughs> Josh Van Meter's first career home run against a left-handed uh, pitcher. First oh, we'll just... ever, ever. He had never done that before. Just turn the knife a little more, Nick. <laughs> So your concern level of Amir Garrett at this point? Well, it's I guess we're on like a one out of ten. I mean, I'd probably put it like uh, uh, I don't know, maybe a four or five. But I didn't think Amir Garrett was the Reds' best reliever before the season started. Right. So I guess you, I guess you have to take that that caveat. My worry with Amir Garrett was that he doesn't throw enough strikes, and well, he really hasn't thrown enough strikes. So. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not give up on Amir Garrett. Um, I, I think he'll still probably end up having a quality season. But, I mean, at this point, um, he's definitely in the pecking order behind uh, Sims and um, um, Antone. Um, he might be down below even, you know, Carson F- Fulmer at this point. Uh, maybe even Jose DeLeon. Um, who I know neither one of those guys look great tonight, but they have at least thrown strikes for the most part. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, he needs to get some low leverage spots. I know I'm way in the minority and people are, think I'm nuts. I, I said it before it happened um, and it came back to bite me. I didn't mind bring him, uh, David Bell bringing Garrett tonight. This was a perfect situation for him. The Reds were up 3 nothing, ninth inning. Two left-handed batters do up, um, you know, you need Amir Garrett to be good if you're going to have a good bullpen. And, you know, David Bell's trying to turn the ball over to him and, and, and gain some confidence. It was a, a move that's for, you know, a, the long term of the team, the 162 games. Um, and David Bell got burned by that tonight. I, d- I doubt David Bell gets burned. And I know David Bell said in the post game, we still trust Amir Garrett. We're going to pitch him in that situation. <laughs> but I think that was more, you know, manager speak than anything. I can't imagine if we have, um, um, you know, Jeff Hoffman go eight innings tomorrow, which that's not going to happen. But Jeff Hoffman goes eight innings tomorrow. We got one inning. Lucas Sims is getting the ball in the ninth inning. I don't think there's any question about that, um, unless they feel Anto can go three straight days, um, which I, I doubt that. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I guess – that's right. that was a very, very long-winded way of saying, I guess, like probably a four or five. What about you? So I just want to make sure before I give my answer, um, you mentioned – you know, you had Garrett underneath the underneath those guys, and I agree with you. You didn't mention Sean Doolittle. Do you still have Garrett above oh, Sean you Doolittle? Know, you know, I I um um I forgot about Sean Doolittle. My my apologies. I was just making sure. Yeah, that's I, I uh, no, worries. that's a, a good 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 calling me out on that. Um, Sean's been been pretty good. Uh, really got out of a huge jam. No, not a jam. It's the the stupid tenth inning rule. Um, on Saturday. Um, yeah. Came in with a you know the runner on second base that, that started got out of that inning. Um, I, I see Sean Doolittle, and I see 2.70 ERA, 3.07 FIP. It's only 6.2 innings, but, um, but uh, yeah, he, he's done a nice job. Yeah, he's def- definitely behind Doolittle. Doolittle, I guess, probably would be my uh, – I guess Doolittle's, Doolittle's a top left-handed reliever right now um, on yeah, the red. Okay. So um, um, Perez has all the talent in the world. Per- Perez and Garrett, I feel like, are kind of the same, the same player. 
Um, ton of talent, just don't throw enough strikes. Yeah, I agree. All right, so next discussion of the panic, of the level of concern, panic level, um, is going to be we'll keep on the pitching. We had three guys listed. Uh, let's talk about Luis Castillo. We've already mentioned it. Um, you and I both are not in the situation where we feel worried about this. You know, the start. Uh, the defense has definitely not had his back, as you've seen. Um, and you know, we saw it again this year already. He had a great seven inning game already at home once this season. And but where he pitched great, weirdly enough, that was the game Tyler Stevenson caught him. But I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to put a much accountability into that by any means. I think he's just a really good pitcher. Um, so, you know, yesterday there's the error and that causes a three run first. We obviously know about opening day and, um, you know, the Giants, he has a couple pitches that don't go his way on a call. So his next pitch he throws, of course, Brandon Bell of all people take him deep. I'm not at the point where um, I meant to say earlier, by the way, Garrett, I'm about a five. Sorry, I totally skipped over that. I was just excited <laughs> to keep going. Um, I would say my Luis Castillo concern is like a three just because I feel like the defense hasn't done him any favors. Um, he has struggled in April in the past. So, um, you know, I made the joke last week, and it was just a joke. I was not saying that, you know, Luis Castillo is Edmonton Volquez. So, <laughs> I was just kidding. Um, but, yeah, I think he's going to be fine. You know, he's he's great. And when he's on, when he's on, there's very few pitchers in baseball better than him. All right, so... Um... I guess if a zero is your level of concern being like you, you think the same of the per player as opening day, I, I'm going to say a zero. I, I literally do not feel at all different about Luis Castillo now than I felt um, at, at 4.10 p.m. on opening day when he, he took the hill. Um, I'll, I'm going to uh, nerd bomb some stats here, so, so bear with Go me. Go for it. So, so last three starts, so you take away opening day, he has a 2.81 ERA. I mean, like, yeah. 2.8 ERA in the last three starts. And I know there's been some bad things in those starts, but um, he has a 2.81 ERA. Um, his career, 4.43 in April. Um, um, 2018, he had a 7.85 ERA in, in April. Um, so this is not the first time he's had a, a, a slow start. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as you said, you kind of go back to the, the defense – um, yes, Luis Castillo has struggled with his command. Um, and I think Barry Larkin actually brought up a pretty good point when, when he said, when he said during his start this week, um, sometimes Castillo throws too many strikes, which, yeah, I think he kind of does, you know, um, um, maybe he needs to at times. I think he might, might be trying to be a little too, too conscious of, of making sure he doesn't walk a guy, um, to where he's just, you know, constantly throwing strikes. And if all you're doing is throwing strikes, it does make it easier for the hitter to, um, you know, always know the strikes coming. So, um, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not really, not at all concerned. Um, but, but, you know, again, if you're, if you're talking about his, his command, you know, struggling a little bit, um, where he's, he's, um, um, you know, missing some, some pitches right over the middle of the zone. Well, when you compound two of his, two of his starts, um, the defense has completely failed him in the first inning. And, that's the last thing you need when you're struggling with your command. It just, you know, it, 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 it topples on top of that. So yeah, zero for me. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I appreciate you. I know that you, uh, you don't put down the Luis Castillo flag and I don't blame you a bit. Um, so I'm, I'm there with you. And then on the hitting side, obviously, you know, everyone's worried about Eugenio Suarez. 
uh, 60 at-bats this year. I mean, let's kind of keep that into account, guys. He's got a 167 with two homers, five ribeyes. Uh, he had the golden sombrero tonight. I know um, he's got a 635 OPS, but this is a guy for his career. His OPS is more in that 812 area. Um, obviously, as talented as it gets. And, you know, he's been an all-star. He's had 50 home run seasons. You know, I appreciate that he, you know, had the audacity to say, like, 49 home run season. Um, you know, he gave me the ball short. Um, that's just been terrible. And I don't necessarily blame him for that. I think it's just kind of being out of position. But overall, um, my concern level, I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie to you, is a little higher here. And I know we always say that we take 2020 out of the picture. But, you know, since his 271, 358, 572 season in 19, he's been pretty rough. And I get it. Last year was pretty, you know, it's very hard to make a judgment of this year of that. And, you know, this year has been pretty tough too. I'm not writing him off. But I'm kind of getting in that four area of concern where yeah. the defense and, you know, the, the he just looks overmatched. Every breaking ball, you see him just like he can't – he's always early on swinging, it looks like. So I'm, I'm a little more concerned on you know, old Suarez than I am the pitchers we discussed. Yeah, I mean, I won't say I'm a zero. Like, like I'm very confident in Suarez, but I wouldn't say I'm a zero like, like Castillo. Right. Um, you know, there has been some signs that, that are concerning. Um he has looked overmatched at times. Um, I guess I would start off with this. People are saying he's striking out too much. Well, in 2019, he led the league in strikeouts. So yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he had the, the 930 OPS, the 49 home run season. So um, I don't – he's going to strike out. That's why he hit so many home runs. Um, if you tell Gino, you know, don't strike out so much, well, you're not going to get 40 home runs. It's not going to happen. Um you know, that, that's the, the good with the bad with that. And there's a lot more good, I think, than bad. Um, you know, as, as you know, I know that the, the 202 batting average looks so terrible last year. Um, but Suarez ended up with a, a 781 OPS on the year. And he started so terrible last year. I don't, I think people forget how awful he looked last year. I think he looked worse last year the first, you know, three, four weeks of the season than he looked this year. Um, right now, I, I don't have the the number right in front of me, but um, I, I tweeted some out earlier. After 16 games last year, his OPS was was um, 586. It's well over 600 right now, so he's still been better than he was at this point last year. Um, and then he, he pushed a 900 OPS the last month of the year. Um, and I fully believe if, if last year would have been – um, a 162 game season. I think at the end of the year, Suarez's numbers probably would have ended up looking um, um pretty good. Now, I don't think he would have got that that batting average up up um into like that that 270 280 range that that he's um um been able to get at some of his his best years. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not. I'm I'm way more worried about Suarez's defense still. Yeah. Um, than his offense. Um, I think the offense will come. I, I think Suarez will probably have like a, a three home run night and everyone's gonna be like, okay, he's back. You know, it's going to be like that. And that's what happened last year. He had that three home run game against the pirates out of nowhere. And then he, he um, hit really well for the reds down the stretch. Hit several big home runs during uh, um, that, that, that big resurgent, the last, you know, two weeks of the season to, to get into the playoffs. So um, yeah, I'm way more concerned about the defense. Um, 
I know he's made a couple nice plays here and there, but you know, you saw the the Diamondbacks, and that was their backup shortstop that made that last play tonight um, to actually get Suarez out. Um, that's what an MLB shortstop looks like, and Suarez yeah. just isn't that. And um, I'm way more concerned that over 162 games that 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 costs way more runs than than Jonathan India can provide offensively. Um, so yeah, the defense is definitely my bigger concern. Yeah, I'm with you. So let's play the opposite end. We didn't talk about this. Let's just have some fun. All right, let's let's talk about if we believe this is for real or not for real. Let's talk about a few guys. And we're not going to mention Joey Votto because we both know that like we feel very good about what he's doing at the plate right now. I know he had you know. He had no for tonight, but what we saw these past few days has been awesome. Um, you know, we've seen the approach change. That's neither here nor there. Like I said, we're not going to get too deep in the bottoms because we'll be here for two hours. Um, we're still at the top of the order, man. You know, I everyone's loving what we're getting from J.C. Winker, myself included, that 953 OPS. Um, I know he only has one homer, um, but he's been excellent in the leadoff role. He's doing what he needs to do. He's making the – you know, he's moving, the, he's moving people over. He's doing everything you need to see from J.C. Winker. And really – He's looked a little faster. I'm not going to go and say he's, you know, Deion <laughs> Sanders, but, you know, it looks like he's, he's done some work in the speed area. And uh, I know he had a triple that was questionable scoring tonight. But uh, Winker, 953 OPS for the batting average, folk, 362. Um, you know, maybe it's not that high all year, but I feel pretty good about Winker this year, especially coming off that 381 OBP last year. Yeah, I mean, last year, you know, the short season, uh, Winker 146 weighted runs created plus, um, 100 is average. So last year, Winker was 46% better than league average. This year, he's at 156, so 56% better than league average. Uh, man, he he just looks like he looks like an elite hitter. You know, he he almost. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know if I want to say this. I don't know if I want to say this. I'm going to. He almost kind of looks like Peak Votto. Um, no, I don't, I don't know why I said that. Um, you know, but but some of the some of the the way he just you know grinds out a plate appearance and um, just puts solid contact on you know on the ball. Um, that triple that he hit tonight um, was just a phenomenal piece of hitting. You know, going down and getting the ball and driving at the. Uh, um, uh, driving it the other way. Uh, man, I love watching that guy hit. I, I think he's the real deal. I think he's elite. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm still not in the Jesse Winker needs to to to, to play every game and get every at bat against left handed pitching. But uh, I might even get there at some point. I'm that impressed with him. What do you mean, Barry? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, and let's do the last one before we kind of move and have our our fun topic at the end of the show. Um, instead of doing a player here, I'm going to do a position. The Reds catchers at the plate so far this year, looking really good swinging the lumber. Tyler Stevenson obviously had a walk-off Saturday. Um, he's rocking that 987 OPS after a 986 last year in 40 games. And then you got Tucker Barhound on the other end right now, who's also throwing up that really, really nice stretch so far with a OPS over at 1.088. We know normally his career he hits about that you know he's at seven hundred area. Um, what do you think, man? This has been good for the you know this has been fun to see for these guys. Yeah, the catching spot's been been phenomenal, and you know with with, with Sinzel and India really struggling, 
they have really carried the the bottom of the Reds order. You know, we talked on that first podcast. Oh man, the Reds lineup just looks so long. Um, and then then, then you know with, with Senzel and um, um, India slowing down, and then some injuries and and you know suspensions and all that other nonsense. Um, it's really been the catchers that have really carried that bottom of the order. Tucker Barnhart has just been been phenomenal. Um, um, I, I can't be more impressed with him. Um, you know, he has a over a thousand OPS right now. He had a nine forty three OPS last September. Um, so he seems to have made some some really good adjustments to the plate. Um, I mean, I'm not willing ready to say Tucker Barnhart is a great hitting catcher. Um, but his expected stats have him just slightly above league average. Um, so he's not, you know, been, been, you know, the, the 1000 OPS guy, but a catcher that's hitting above league average is a very, very good hitting catcher. Just, you know, just an average hitting catcher is a very, very good hitting catcher. So, um, you got him and you got Stevenson. That, that's been a great combo. And, and, you know, I think the Reds have really needed that with, with Sinzel and India's struggles. And, um, Sinzel had two big hits tonight. So hopefully, you know that that that's him turning the corner a little bit because the Reds need those guys just to keep that 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 lineup long, especially with Mustakis out. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. It's been a blast to see. Um, you know, we've been pretty high on Tyler Stevenson. We've talked about it quite a bit. Um, so seeing Tucker Barnhart kind of do his thing too has made it pretty nice. So let's get to our final topic of the show here. Um, Obviously, the news came out this week that Jay Bruce announced his retirement as a Yankee, which is still kind of weird, but, you know, neither here nor there. Um, and I was kind of curious because, you, you you know, you've I think how you and I actually became friends was you wrote that article on Red Lake Nation about Jay Bruce when I, after he got traded to the Mets. And, like, you know, you going to his major league debut and you hearing about, like, everyone talking about this, this big prospect who was the minor league player of the year – and just has all these incredible stats in the minors is now getting his chance to play. He's going to be in an outfield with Ken Griffey Jr. And, you know, that article was awesome. It made me like I, – I talked to you a lot on Twitter before that for a few years, but that was like when I was like, okay, yeah, we're kind of the same way with brain lines and this stuff. And that's how we kind of got to talking more and more. Um, but, you know, there's so many awesome Jay Bruce Reds memories. Obviously, the easiest one people are going to bring up is the 2010 clinch miss, which we've talked about. We both were there. Um, but kind of looking back now, man, on just some Jay Bruce memories and just like the hot streaks that he would go on times. You remember that May in like 2011 where he was just unstoppable. Uh, he got nationally, he got nationally player of the month that month and just so many walk-offs and big time plays and, you know, got a lot of shit for his defense, but at times he played some, played some really nice leather for the Reds in the right field there. Um, what are some of your favorite Jay Bruce memories? Not counting Clenchmas, of course. Well, I, I guess I'll, I'll share a little bit about that that article. I, read. I won't go into the, too much, but um, but yeah. So you know, I grew up a huge Reds fan, like everyone I'm sure that's listening to this. Um, but when I think it was in 1999, I think was the first year the Reds. Um, of course, 1999 was the first year that they they went away from um. Uh, broadcasting games over the year, they went exclusively to cable and uh, my family didn't have cable growing up. So, um, you know, that was kind of into my high school years. I graduated high school in 2005. So um, I honestly, in, in high school, I really kind of lost touch with the Reds. You know, when you can't watch them every night and you're in high school, it's, you know, kind of hard to, to keep tabs on them. So, um, 
Yeah, I really honestly didn't watch a whole lot of the Reds um, um, after like the first couple Griffey years. Um, and then I went to college and um, um, I kind of had some friends in college that were big baseball fans and kind of started getting a little more interested in it again. Um, and uh, I came home after my sophomore year in uh, 2008 and um, I wanted to go to a baseball. Game. I was like, I really want to go to a baseball game. So I went to a baseball game and it just happened to be Jay Bruce's debut. I had no idea who Jay Bruce was. Um, um, and there wasn't a huge crowd there, but like everyone there was there to see Jay Bruce. And I like, was like, I don't know who this guy is. And um, obviously, you know, he had that incredible debut and that, that hooked me. Um, and I don't know. I mean, you know, I was really trying to get back into baseball. Maybe I still would have got back into baseball. Um, but Jay Bruce really solidified it. And, um, I mean, I guess, you know, for that, I'm forever grateful or, or as my, my wife might be forever hateful for Jay Bruce. I, I don't know. One of the two, <laughs> uh, for my obsession with baseball from this point on, but, but yeah, I mean, he was always just such a, uh, an easy player to root for. One of the easiest players I think that, that the Reds have ever had to root for, um, he just always, you know, was a class act. Um, and man, when he was hot, he was, uh. He was so so fun to watch, and you know, Clinchmas, and um, um, and even even that as painful as it is, even that epic at bat in Game Five of the 2012 yeah. NLDS. I mean, that was just, that was Jay Bruce. Like he, you know, grinded out that at bat, pitch after pitch, fouling it off. Um, um, he just he was just a, a fun guy to root for, and uh, um, you know, I'm sad his career, you know tail it off at the end. It didn't have as much life as I'm sure he would have liked to, but he still had a really good major league career and the Reds got the best years out of him. Um, um, so yeah, I, I, I can't wait till he's in the Reds hall of fame. Um, he's a, a surefire Reds hall of famer and uh, be well-deserved. Yeah. And so there's a couple moments I really wanted to talk about. And you, you know, you brought up that at bat in the giant series and uh, how painful it was and, you know, how he went down to the wire and everything there. Um, but I remember, you know, I was going to bring up, so game two in 2010, you know, obviously we know what happened in game one, you know, Halliday throws the no-hitter, and then they come back out in game two, and they're, you know, winning for a while. Uh, Phillips hits a home run, uh, hits a lead-off homer. Bruce hits a homer, I think, in the first or second inning. I can't remember the exact inning. Um, but you kind of saw them, like, play really well. And, of course, you know, I know what happens with the ball and the side, side and things like that. And, but – you know, seeing him respond and get that home run in the playoffs was huge. And then I remember I went to a game against the Mets in 2012. You'll laugh at this because you, you might remember the game just because, you know, 2012 was such a memorable year. They were playing the Mets. There was nothing, nothing in the bottom of the ninth. And Bruce had a walk-off through and home run opposite field to beat them. Yeah. I was at the game. Yeah, uh, Matt Latos, yeah, Matt Latos pitching the game through seven innings. Jose Redondo got the win. If that can tell Jose Aaron Dondo. <laughs> yes. Yes. A uh, legend. Just, yeah, just so many cool moments like that, man. Like you said, like when he was on those tears, he was just so awesome to watch. And um yeah, you know, the Reds definitely got his best years and you know, he got the he played a couple All Star games as a Red, which is pretty cool. And I got lucky to meet him a couple times. You know, just like fan events and things like that. Like there was one I was a season to get older. Uh, the homestand. It was during. Uh, it was right after the All Star game in Cincinnati, so I was at batting practice, and Fraser and him came up and hung out with me and talked to me and signed like a bat for me, and they were awesome dudes. And so, 
I uh, definitely am appreciative of the Jay Bruce years, and I'm sure I'll be sitting right next to you if our wives allow us to go to the game together. <laughs> he's inducting the Reds Hall of Fame. Absolutely. I'm all for that. Yeah, exactly. But I want to make sure we gave a shout-out to Jay. Thanks for an awesome awesome 10 years of Red and a great career. But other than that, man, I think I'm, I'm done bitching about the tough game tonight and ready to turn the page and go to tomorrow and get ready for this road trip. Yeah, get a win tomorrow, um, and then then the Reds got you know a difficult schedule. But you know, hey, you know these are the kind of games you win. They 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 feel bigger. They feel like they're bigger wins. And um, I don't think the Cubs are necessarily any juggernaut. So you know, hopefully the Reds yeah. can 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 play well this weekend. You know, get into that Dodgers series, and um, and that's gonna be a really fun series. You know, it's gonna be, hopefully it'll be a really fun series. Um, and it'll be it'll be interesting to watch and and kind of see how the Reds stack up and. Um, remember, the Reds had a four-game sweep against the Dodgers in 2018 in Los Angeles. So it's baseball. Anything can, ha- anything can happen. Remember in 19 when they swept the Astros at home? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah, and, and that's why, you know, again, like I've harped on it a million times and I'm sorry, but like, you know, hey, the Reds sweeping the Pirates is a big deal. Like, you know, you, 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 know, you have to take care of business. These teams are all major league teams. Yeah, everyone's got major league contracts out there, so. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Nick, thank you as always. I greatly appreciate it. I know we went for a late, late night Reds talk tonight compared to normal um, due to unforeseen circumstances of bullpen and implosion. Um, but <laughs> we got it in. We're excited. We'll see you guys. Talk to you guys next week. So we record next Wednesday. They'll be leaving LA after a four ten game. Um, I haven't seen the pitching matchup yet, but. We're all looking for that one guy on the Dodgers to see if he's potentially pitching in that matchup, so we'll see what happens. Have a good night, everyone. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube